Welcome back to I Was Hornswoggled, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. Today is October 4th, 2022, episode 26, How Narcs Hook You by Baiting You. So we're going to talk about baiting and what it means, and we're going to go over it. I mean, you can go on any one of these topics for any length of time, so I like to just brush over it and I know in the future I will revisit these topics yet again because when you're dealing with narcissists and you're dealing with people in the real world once you meet them and once you know what to look for you're just gonna find them everywhere <laughs> so it's unreal so it's always good to revisit these handy topics so greetings to you welcome to my podcast journal where I share my awakening from my narcissist induced nightmare Hornswoggled means to trick or deceive someone. And oh, let me tell you, I have definitely been hornswoggled. So, uh, especially by narcissists. And I did not really know what narcissists were until I figured out when, you know, I found out my mom uh, is a covert narcissist. So I've decided to share my personal experience to offer support to others who are going through the same thing me and my family have gone through and are going through and the content I find and have found surrounding narcissistic abuse by professionals and fellow survivors has brought me so much comfort in knowing that we are not alone. So I just want to pay it forward and put my stories out there, my experience, my thoughts, and my opinions. This podcast is meant to share my personal experience and that information that I have found helpful and the sources so you can check it out on your own and share my feelings as I unpack this huge blow as well as share content that has helped me find answers. So that is the main point of my show. And now that I have introduced, reintroduced myself, I uh, want to thank my new listeners. Say, hey, how's it going? I hope our, my conversations and our conversations help you where you're at in your life right now. And because uh, I believe there's more and more of us waking up from these narcissist-induced nightmares every day. So um, now we're going to hop into making sense. We're going to learn about baiting. Right, now we're going to talk about in our making sense section about narcissists and baiting, why they do it, how they do it, and when to look at it. So, and when to look for it, more or less. So, because narcissists have such high levels of insecurity, they are actually found unable to handle the loss of control that results from those around them who have caught on to their sneaky ways and have begun using strategies like gray rock, no contact, or setting very strict boundaries. They can and will take advantage of any amount of anger or annoyance and channel their victim's rage to suit their own needs and their own ends because it's their supply that they're seeking. And they will seek that supply by baiting, okay? So remembering that narcissistic relationships are only surface level deep is very crucial to remember this when understanding narcissism. Narcissists hate the vulnerability and the connections that come with healthy relationships. For narcissists, partnerships serve as a mechanism for controlling their emotions. 
Emotional instability is unfortunately one of the worst repercussions of being among the world's most self-hating people. And that's the tricky part about narcissists that we forget is that narcissists on the outside portray this confidence with most of them, depending on what type of a narcissist you're dealing with. If it's a communal nar narcissist, a malignant narcissist, a covert, an overt there's so many different types of narcissists as we learn more about them. But most of them, well, all of them on the inside, they really hate themselves because it has a lot of the times stemmed from a childhood injury, whether or not they've had their emotions. They were never taught empathy because they had horrible parents that, that were not empathetic either. So a lot of this comes from childhood. Not all narcissists come from childhood, but a lot of stuff comes from a survival mechanism clicks in their head. And in order to exist in their home life, they have to become like the monsters who are raising them. And um, so emotional instability is something that, you know, is one of the worst repercussions of being a narcissist is they are very emotionally unstable very much so so narcissism in my opinion can be best understood as like a projection of one owns emotional instability outward onto another person because that's that mirroring that we talk about where they will project outward but they will also mirror you so I've often been told, well, mirroring isn't just a narcissistic thing. Sometimes people on the spectrum of autism will mirror um, people around them. That's not the same. When we're talking about narcissists, narcissists have um, the, the NPD, the Narcissist Personality Disorder, is diagnosable by their own, their own list of characteristics and the DC. D, let me see, DSM, I believe it is. Yep, I was correct. I just wanted to make sure at the end of my day that my brain wasn't getting my, my letters moved around. So yeah, it's the DSM. The Narcissistic Personality Disorder is its own disorder that is diagnosable by the DSM-5 that psychologists and use to classify disorders. So... That being a having narcissistic personality disorder is different than someone who has just some narcissistic traits. Because I'd like to say, like, I think we all, if you go down the list of narcissistic personality disorder, you might find yourself having like one of them. That doesn't mean that you're diagnosable with NPD. That just means that you have like a narcissistic trait you're not diagnosed with the entire personality disorder. So we should make that line of demarcation. And also, I'm not a professional. I'm not here to diagnose anybody. I'm here to discuss the types of abuse that is out there happening to people like me and many others who don't know that they're even in a narcissistic abusive relationship right now. So going over these terms and making sense as we go is definitely a goal of mine. So um, what we should realize now is that baiting, we'll get back on the topic of talking about baiting, baiting is just one of the many sneaky strategies that narcissists use to take advantage of their victims. 
And because narcissists are unable to deal with their own feelings, they will often become very violent and aggressive towards others, both physically and psychologically. And that is something that's like a narc temper tantrum. I remember when I first took my stand against my mom and she came over to bait me. She came over to bait me because I was doing exactly what we just read. I started putting down boundaries. And once I started to uh, suspect after my sister and I had discussed, we saw that she was acting entirely different around both of us. And when we were both in the same area and, and, you know, saw that she was totally acting. She didn't know which version of herself to, to mirror because when she was with my sister, she would mirror my sister. When she was with me, she would mirror me. But once we were both in the same vehicle, she was torn. What version of her should she mirror? And that is how we caught on. So I slowly started to pull away because it was such a mind screw to find out that your entire life was a lie. You had been low-key being abused, stabbed, death by a thousand cuts your entire life. And it was going on actively at that moment. She was in a, um, a path of to destruction, to destroying different sections of my life along with my husband and my children. So when I caught her red-handed, I slowly started to educate myself on what narcissism was. I started reading books. I started watching excellent YouTubers like Dr. Romani. She's amazing. A lifesaver, that woman. Definitely a lifesaver. I definitely recommend. I don't know who has never heard of Dr. Romani, but she's amazing. And look her up on YouTube. You will definitely find a well of information a bottomless well of information. So um, when I first started showing that I was uh, not going to be buying what my mom was selling anymore, meaning that she would call me up and want to push herself into our day, push herself into our life, push herself into our plans, I slowly started to, one, not answer my phone, to not returning text messages right away because in the past if you did not return her text right away she would barrage you if you did not return her call you would get um a whole scaling of guilt trip voice messages so the first one would typically start out nice and then the second one would be a little less nice and then the, the third time it would be a little bit snarky and the fourth time you could start to see the narcissist's mask slide down you know face you could just hear the change in tone with each with each message that wasn't returned and that pisses narcissists off they want you to jump when they say jump so the minute they start to sense that you're not jumping anymore their red lights go off it's like you're escaping a prison you know like when you watch these movie when you watch a movie and like somebody was like kidnapped and they lock them up and you know like if you're watching like star wars or something and they lock them in their little prison and then they finally bust out and they're running and you got all these robots chasing them and the alarm's going off to signal that they need reinforcements because they have an escapee that's exactly what i picture it like going off into the head of a narcissist when they find when they the minute they smell that you are onto them they start to change instantly it is disgusting 
interesting, but it's also very textbook. I think that's the most beautiful part of narcissists is the fact that they're so predictable. The more you learn about them, you can see them coming a mile away because they all act the same. It's really creepy, but also a blessing in disguise. So baiting is part of what they will do. The minute they smell any, any like blood in the water, the minute they, they think that you're onto them, they have a new tool to use against you. So as a result of the intricacy of narcissism, the abuse is frequently quite elusive to the victim in the narcissistic relationship, especially if they're that covert. They do all their, their damage to you behind your back. So when they finally do their final cut, you turn around to find... <laughs> to go seek out a friend or a family member and they already got to them. They already turned them against you. They already planted seeds of deception to make you out the villain. That's what they do. This is why covert narcissists are the worst. At least when someone knows, like, like if you're dating someone and they're an absolute jerk to you in front of your family, it's so much easier to run to your family for support because they they saw it with their own eyes. And no matter how much somebody loves you, there's that part of humanity, they're, they're, they're skeptical and they're like, nope, I got to see it for myself. And, and they will love you and so much and they respect you so much, but there's still like this chunk of people in the back of their mind that if they didn't see it with their own eyes, they are not fully on board. Like they will give you 90, but that 10 is just not gonna happen until they see it with their own eyes. So that's why it's so hard when you have a covert narcissist after you, like my mom, um, she has spent decades perfectly cultivating her outer persona with anyone she comes in contact with. So if you were to try to go to any one of her flying monkeys, her little cheerleading group that they cultivate and they build narcissists do over time, good luck because they already believe that this person is absolutely amazing. They're up on this pedestal. They would never in a million years suspect that, that uh, this person is a narcissist. So good luck trying to plead your case to someone when they've already uh, like loved bomb them and have been giving them their absolute best performance, right? That's really a disgusting, <sighs> disgusting mind screw to go through, but it is what it is. You just got to learn what to see and how to spot it so it doesn't happen again. So it's very typical to see strategies like gray rock and creating boundaries being used once a victim of a narcissistic abuse is able to recognize these narcissistic tendencies. And that is what is occurring to them. You know, so the narcissist hates the minute you start putting those boundaries down, they will push it. They don't like boundaries. They don't like to be told no. They don't like you putting any sort of a boundary down. They don't like you to now allow them to run every avenue of your life. They will try to control what you eat. They will try to control what you drink. They will try to control who you talk to. They will try to control what you spend your money on, what you watch, how you talk, what you think, everything everything. So the use of these strategies prevents the narcissist from controlling their victim. The boundaries, the gray rocking, the gray rocking is simply giving them zero emotion. No highs, no lows. You're just 
an empty person that does not respond to them because what they want is that narcissistic supply. And when you gray rock, you're giving them nothing. You're not giving them positive supply or negative supply. You're starving them. It's like a in a movie with uh, like a Dracula wanting to take a big old bite off someone's neck and they got a whole outfit on of garlic, you know? <laughs> in the cartoons or something, you they're, they're in essence just they're so thirsty and they just want to bite into you, the narcissists do, but you're gray rocking them and you're giving them nothing. And, and it's really creepy, but it's very true. Um, so when a person starts using these tactics to prevent the narcissist from controlling them, thereby removing their source of that narcissistic supply, the narcissist's insecure need for approval adulation and even mayhem is known as narcissistic supply and it gives them the power to dominate the relationship and ignore their own emotional instability this is why they will spend months years and even decades employing a barrage of manipulative techniques to drive their victims self-esteem to the point where they don't think that they deserve any better in the abuse that they are going through that and that's what they do they will just suck the li the life right out of their victims and that person is just left feeling like well what the hell i have no energy i'm just gonna stay here because so many times if these people are stuck in these narcissistic relationships and they don't really know what it is and why this person they never know they're always walking on eggshells if you're in a relationship and you're always walking on eggshells and you never really know if this person is going to be good or bad that day or be nice to you or mean to you it's because that's what they do they will never perpetually stay mean because then they know that you will fully leave so they do the trauma bonding, the stab you, hug you, stab you, hug you, stab you, hug you type of a thing. So baiting is the narcissist's deliberate act of provoking emotional reactions to confirm their superiority and power over you. That is what baiting is. So now we're going to dive in and share some um, examples that you can find on narcwise.com. And I put the link in the show notes. But hoovering and baiting go hand in hand. And we talked about hoovering in episode 24. And now we're talking about baiting. So baiting is usually when you are healing and you've been able to put some space between you and the narc. And then they start to get super desperate. And that is normally when you either stop returning their calls or you're spacing it out. You're giving them boundaries. You're placing yourself on um, some very strict boundaries and holding them to it. You're gray rocking them when they're around you. They can't get any um, reaction out of you and it really pisses them off. But they know that they still need your supply because they haven't gotten a replacement yet. They haven't either met a new friend or a new boyfriend or girlfriend or they haven't suckered a sibling to come back into the, to the web. They are working on their number one goal is getting their supply back. And that's all you are to them. I'm sorry, but that's all you are. Your supply. You are interchangeable. You're just a warm body to the narcissist. And I know that this hurts a lot of people's egos if they are more ego driven, but it's just it. You don't mean anything to a narcissist and you better just get that in your head and be okay with it. So with level one baiting from narcwise.com, 
they put in some examples like pushing your buttons by intentionally exploiting your vulnerabilities and trigger points. So what this would look like is if they know that you don't like something, they will purposefully do that around you. And they will do it so that you will get mad, you will blow up, and then guess what they get? Negative supply. They don't care if you are mean to them or nice to them. They want an emotion out of you because that is how they feed. All right? Get that down. Don't forget that. So you got to realize they know where you, they can trigger you. They know the words to say that, that you don't like. I'm hitting my microphone. They know the words to say that you don't like. They know the clothes to wear that just remind you of like a bad time in your life or a fight that you guys had or maybe they have an ex who gave them a necklace or gave them a t-shirt or a hoodie or something and they know that when they want to get a rise out of you they'll go dig that out of their closet or their dresser drawer and they'll put it on just to trigger you right these are all little tactics to get negative supply that's what it does. They will also use overt nastiness, such as shaming you or mocking you, humiliating you, taunting you, ridiculing you, minimizing and dismissing you. So if they will try to be like, okay, so they want some sort of supply out of you. If they're not giving the positive supply, they're going to cut down your hair. They're going to go, oh, you look like you gained some weight since I last saw you. They will do something to try to break you down because a person who has a low self-esteem, they're easier to control. So, and they know this because they don't have any self-esteem themselves. They're operating on just getting supply. So they will pick a fight with you. This is the whole goal is to pick a fight with you. If they can't get you by hoovering you, showering you with gifts, love bombing you, they're going to go the other way. And that's just picking a fight with you. So they will also uh, put out projective jibes, including seemingly random or unfounded accusations that instead reveal truths about themselves. So this will be stuff like, have you ever heard the cliche, and it's so much truth, that the cheater, the one in the relationship who's accusing the other one of cheating, the accuser is normally the one cheating. This came from most likely a, a narcissist because narcissists will accuse you of doing what they're doing. They say when a narcissist's accusations are actually confessions. So if they say, you're sleeping around, they're actually sleeping around. Um, if you're, you know, you're talking a bunch of crap about me to your coworkers, they're actually talking a bunch of crap about you to their coworkers. <laughs> These accusations are always confessions with a narcissist because they are projecting their inner behavior outward. So whatever they're accusing you of is exactly what they're guilty of doing. But they will use their own guilty behavior to piss you off because they know darn well you're not the one cheating on them. But they're going to accuse you of it. You know why? Because it's going to trigger you. Because you know it's not true. So you're going to do what? You're going to try to defend yourself. So then that will start to escalate. If you go, no, I'm not. They'll be like, yes, you are. Da, 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 da. And then it'll just go more and more and more and more. Just picture a big old straw going right into your head. They're just sucking the life right out of you. What you got to go is, hmm, if that's what you think, okay. Just great. You literally can't go one way or the other. Go, all right, if that's what you think. 
You know, they want to piss you off. Their goal is to get you to bite. And your goal should be not going to bite. Just ignore them. Gray rock them. Just smile. I, that pissed my mom off. Once I figured out she was a narcissist and I started educating myself on what narcissists are, what they want, and how to treat them, I knew what I needed to do. And when my mom showed up at my house out of the blue, because I started putting boundaries down, I stopped returning her phone calls right away. I stopped jumping when she said jump. She just decided to show up that one night and I was eating dinner with my family. We were getting ready to reset the table and she just comes in and she is ready to brawl. This woman was so pissed that I did not answer her phone and she got so mad at me and she came over and she was just her eyes had this gray color we always my sister and I both would talk about how the appearance of her mother when she didn't get to feed she looked physically ill like she looked like she didn't take any time to do her hair her hair was always just stuck to her head there was no curl or volume to it it was just like she got out of the shower and like never even pulled a brush through it or anything it was just like plastered to her head lifeless and she would have like gray eyes, no makeup, very pale skin, and just a pissed off angry troll look. And she just barged into the house, you know, and why ain't, I said, well, we're getting ready to eat dinner. Why didn't you call? And she's like, cause I knew you wouldn't answer. Instantly starts off with the rage, but I knew at that time what I was dealing with. So I knew she was coming to feed and I wasn't gonna let her. So I said, I just smiled at her. And the whole time she's just slinging stuff at my husband and I, and she's doing all this in front of my two kids. And um, they were just blown away. They're like, whoa, what is this? What is this? You know, we were all just caught off guard. And she just would beat her fists. We said, well, you know, my husband's like, well, to be honest, you know, we've, we heard some stuff. We, we have some confirmation and we know what you've been doing behind her back. So we're done. We're not, you know, we're not doing this anymore. And that she just lost her mind. She started beating her fist on the table. She started telling us it was America and that she has rights. <laughs> All of this crazy stuff in my house, at my kitchen table, just beating her fist in and yelling and raging because I withheld supply. And one thing it ticked her off was that I just smiled. I was just smiling at her, just smiling. And that is one thing she went back and uh, told my sister because she didn't figure out yet that my sister and I figured out exactly what she was. She didn't know that we were talking because she had permanently destroyed my sisters and my relationship throughout all of our like adolescent, like all the way through teens on up to grown women. She did everything she could to lie about the other daughter to each of us to paint the other one this horrendous piece of crap so that we really just felt sympathy for our mom and we thought the other sibling was this demonic sibling and this is textbook this is what covert narcissists and even narcissistic parents do they will have kids and then they will immediately put a wedge between their children and they will use them um, for supply and that's what they do. It's really gross and it's disgusting, but it's what happens. So I know exactly what it feels like because then she went to my sister and said, I went over there and your sister just smiled at me. She just wouldn't stop smiling. And it was because I knew, I just felt like I was just watching a crazed 
movie in front of me. Like I didn't give her any words or any, I just let my husband do the talking because she came there to fight me. She never wants to act this way in front of my husband. My husband never seen her act this crazy in front of him before. So it was good for me that he could see her in her, all her glory. What I have witnessed my entire life growing up was this drowned, angry rat troll in my living room or my kitchen who calls herself my mom. I don't recognize her. You know, I love the woman who gave birth to me. I love the idea of my mom. I understand now knowing what I know about narcissists, why she's the way she is, but I have no business allowing that into my life and then having it spread through generations. It has to stop there. So that is what they really want to do. They will um, accuse you of doing stuff that they are actually doing themselves. And then they will also play the victim, which differs from pity play described in the hoovering that you'll that we've talked about when you when used for baiting purposes it is centered on blame shifting you are the abuser you are the crazy one and you need help and that has always been my mom's mo she will always 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 turn the tables and accuse you of being mentally ill. She would accuse you of being crazy. She would accuse you of needing a therapist and all this stuff. And um, she would always say, this is the one thing I've noticed about narcissists and especially from my mom, because I've seen her use it on my sister, seen her use it on my dad. They would always say, I've talked to like five other people and they all think so I think narcissists they will create this imaginary army of people that they all so it's not just like the narcissist thinks this about you but these other five unknown uh, anonymous people also think this of you and that is the mo of a narcissist that's why I don't go I don't jive with anonymous witnesses because in narcissist terms, that's just a bunch of made up bull crap. You know, if you, if you have these five other people who are witnesses, then they need to have names, but this is what you'll fit. They, they want them accusing you of being a certain way is not good enough for them. They also have to create this imaginary army who also thinks just like them. And then they will, then they, in order to like expand the importance of their accusation, they will just make it like this whole movement of people think this about you. And you just gotta be like, and I don't care. You know, I don't care. Let them think what they think. Let your fake people, let your fake flying monkey brigade think what they want to think. I don't care. I don't care. And they want you to care. They want you to get mad. They want you to get pissed off and they want to bait you. This is all to trigger you. And if that doesn't work, what I've seen happen with my mom is it's almost like a key ring. Each one of these different ways to bait someone, it's she interchanged out the keys. It's like she would put a key in and I'm a door. She would put a key in and turn and it would wiggle, but it wouldn't open. She'd try a new key, try a new key, try a new key. And my goal and your job as the, the one that they're attacking is to give, do not open your door. Do not open the door. Let them try as many keys as they want and just don't engage. Do not open the door. So they will jump from accusing, they will jump from projecting, they will jump from um, harassing you, cutting you down, pushing any buttons that they know will normally trigger you in the past. They will go to where they had their last victory with you and they will start there first. 
They'll also do intimidation and outright threats in order to keep you compliant. They will also sow the seeds of the smear campaign where insinuations of your abusiveness and craziness are disseminated. And then during this level one baiting, the smear campaign is strategically deployed to allow the narc wiggle room to return to a, the external status quo of the relationship if you do indeed comply and begin handing over supply once more. And then they will also triangulate by leveraging their smear campaign efforts, stating, oh yeah, stating they all think you're crazy or everybody agrees with me. That is exactly what I have heard my entire life growing up. This is the same words that my mom would use on my dad all the time. She would even have her flying monkey brigades come over like my dad would work his butt off and he would work second shift and he would work his butt off he'd come home and then when he would wake up the next day she would have her little flying monkey brigade waiting for him in like the patio and then when he would wake up she would just have like this intervention where she would bring him out and put him on stage and bait him right in front of her freaking flying monkey brigade, her like three girlfriends in the patio and like do this whole production about how horrible of a husband he was. And she would bait him. So then my dad being not knowing what a narcissist was and also being very reactionary and her knowing exactly what buttons to push, she would do that. She would push the buttons he would blow up and then she could clutch her pearls and go, oh, do you see? Do you see how he's acting? This is exactly what I was telling you about. Oh, and that's exactly what the narcissists do. They will, that's part of the smear campaign. They have already went behind your back if they're covert. They have already said, and then they will go for the main production and they will bait you in front of all of the people they already planted these seeds of doubt in. It is very disgusting and manipulative and this is exactly what they do. So with level two baiting, all hell breaks loose. Everything you hold dearest is targeted. And if you have children with them, they will fight for sole custody of your kids. They will try to take everything you own. If it's your career that you have with if you're working with a narcissist they will poison your reputation if it's your home they will take it away from you the the absolute anger and fury of a narcissist is unequaled because they don't care they don't care they are out for themselves and if you're in the way they will get they will remove you and they don't care be prepared and read what happens when the narc knows you figured them out for insight. But definitely look up some more stuff. We'll cover that in the future. I've also covered some of that in the past, but it never hurts to plan ahead. If you, I, I wish I would have planned ahead. I didn't know that when you found out uh, that someone was a narcissist, that you should not let them know. Like that's a secret, you shouldn't let them know. And I didn't know that. And I just went and was like, because you're a freaking covert narcissist. I called my mom that. I told her right up front, dude, this is what you are. And now that I know what you are, I ain't playing. I ain't playing with you. You're not getting no narcissistic supply from me. Have a nice day. I love you from a distance. Enjoy your life. You know, that was my, that's my sentiment. You know, now that I know what I know, 
I can't unknow it. You know, I can't trust that woman. I can't at all. So that is what you're going to deal with now is the shifting the smear, the smear campaign over into overdrive to sabotage all areas of your life that they can get at. And that's what exactly what happened to my husband and I. She, my mom went every direction, every direction. Anybody that we had a mutual knowing, she went there and immediately started smear campaigning against my husband and I. Once she realized that we were on to her, once she found out that we, that we caught her and that people actually told us and we compared stories among, of, across the board of multiple people confirming that didn't even know each other of what she was doing and what she was saying behind her back, that was all we needed to prove that this woman was indeed being absolutely deceitful. And that's when we started our long, long trip of learning about covert narcissists. So just to let you know, you will be, you might have to start over fresh. I mean, I sigh because as I'm recording it, I'm also like replaying it in my head and, and all I can do is just exhale because I had to start fresh in so many relationships. I just had to let them go. Collateral damage. You, it's sad, but at some point the well has been poisoned and there's no point in trying to unpoison it yourself. Time will tell and the longer people are around the narcissist, the their behavior will tell on themselves. You know what I mean? So they, the worst you can do is trying to go around and do damage control on a narcissist smear campaign because the, the flying monkeys that they're building, this little cheerleading group for them, they're all you're going to do is just leave them confused. They're not going to know which one to believe. And then they're not going to believe anyone or they're going to believe the person who planted the first seed. And that's normally the case. So yeah. And also, um, at this point, they know that you've got their number and that you must pay because they will turn on you fast. It don't take very much. They will come after your family. They will come after your friends. They will come after your professional relationships. They will come after your religious networks. No one and no falsehood will be considered out of bounds. They have no remorse. They have no shame. Once the mask has slipped, the gloves are off and they're coming to take you out because they don't want any witnesses. That's what happens. The sole aim is to destroy. Uh, that's what they, that's what they care about. And this is the hardest part, I think, for children of covert narcissists or, you know, over just children of narcissists. I think this is the hardest thing to wrap your head around. And then people who have been in a long-term relationship with a narcissist is you want to think at their core that they love you, right? You want to think that they can change. You want to think that if you just love them more, that they wouldn't be so bad to you. And I'm here to tell you right now that that's not ever going to happen. Narcissists don't see that they're doing anything wrong. They don't find fault in anything they're doing. All of the fault lies on you. And you want to know why? Because they're projecting their inner identity out on you. And this has never had anything to do with you. Not anything. Don't take this personal. They're delusional. They don't even see you for who you really are. They see you as them and they don't like themselves. 
Therefore, they do not like you. And they will never be able to like you because they do not like themselves. So, yeah, that's it. It's a very hard truth. It's a hard pill to swallow. It really is. Because we want to forgive people. We want to love the hate out of them. We want to have that happy hallmark ending. And with a narcissist, it is not there. People have to want to change to change. And narcissists don't think they have anything wrong with them. So they don't even have to change. It's you that needs to change for them. You just need to buck it up and suck it up and let them take their supply until you're dry. That's all they want. That's all they want. So please don't take it personally. It's hard because everything is done is very personal, but don't take it personally because that's not you that they're attacking. It's the image of themselves that they have projected of themselves out onto you. Okay. So that is baiting in a, in a general sense. And now we're going to visit and a subreddit post in the subreddit raised by narcissists. And we're going to talk about uh, a post there because it has something to do with like baiting and it was so relatable. I needed to share it. All right. Now this is a post on the subreddit called raised by narcissist and it, it goes as follows do narcissists have a thing with starting drama and she at the worst possible times because that is what my mom did today and i hate her for it hey there i'm just so done with everything today is my brother's birthday and this morning we as a family took him out to denny's but right before we did i was downstairs with my mom getting ready she noticed a hole in my pants that wasn't too big and I didn't know it was there. But then what the hell does she do? She starts her she for it. She sits there and tells me how irresponsible I am for not noticing and makes me feel like she. Mind you, I am a sensitive person and she knows this. This did make me pissed at her, but she kept going on when I told her to stop. My brother tried to stop my mom as well, but she kept making drama over something so small. And then my mom proceeds to call me a narcissist, gaslights me, and when I call her out for being mean, she didn't even care. And now she has ruined everyone's mood. I literally went off into tears because of her and I am pissed she had to do this on my brother's birthday. She even tried the she on my dad's birthday last year and my birthday this year. Why do narcissistic people do this? They start she at the worst times when it is supposed to be a good time. Can anyone relate? So I put the link to this post in the show notes and yep, I can definitely relate. And I think now knowing what we know about baiting, we know what's going on. We know that this is all about supply. We know this is all about probably going behind their back. There could be an element of triangulation there. Could have been um, some other siblings. Oh, look, every time we get ready to go, your, you know, sister is always so, you know, rude and likes to wear messy clothes and da-da-da. And then, then she points it out. Oh, look, see, she's already wearing pants that has holes in it. You know, this is all weird stuff that... 
uh, co especially covert narcissists, they will do that. They will do plant all the seeds behind the scenes. And then as a the conductor of the orchestra, the narcissistic orchestra, they get out and then they just put it all into play. They just put it all into play. And I think what's going on is definitely the baiting. They knew, the, the mom instinctually knew that if I start picking on my daughter's clothes and I can start getting her all fired up and then I can just, one, and they also don't like it when it's not, they're not on stage. They don't like special days for other people. They just like special days for themselves. And they will like special days for other people if they can still find a way to make it about themselves. So my mom was very good about doing that. Like on the outside, she looked like a very awesome mom. She wouldn't put on these big extravagant parties and events. And you would think on the outside, oh, look, her mom really loves her. She's putting on these big parties, these birthday parties and this beautiful cake and inviting the friends over and all these games and this and that. No, it's because at the end of the day, she loves to get that praise. Oh, that cake was so good. Oh, I can't believe you're so funny. You do games so well. Oh, look, you know, like everything is a for show with a narcissist. So if the narcissists, if they're all going out to breakfast, they're not really gaining any, you know, praise from going out to eat somewhere else. They're not the one getting all the praise from cooking the meal. They're not the one going, oh, I slaved over this meal. And oh, look at you guys don't even care. You know, they're going out to Denny's. So she can't take the supply at that point. So what she's going to do, is she's going to pick apart the her kids and she's gonna pick apart the ones that she knows she can trigger and she went right in just like we just learned about baiting went right in knowing that like the original poster said that they're sensitive and that the stuff really bothers them they went right in and hammered on their outfit started cutting down their clothes started belittling them all the buttons we just learned about the cutting down the shaming the belittling the uh, right up in front wanting to fire them up and pick a fight with them right and that's because they don't care about it being a birthday they don't care it's all about them you know what i mean the quicker we realize that narcissists literally don't care about you you the more liberated you should feel now there's this little fleshy part of us, the fleshy part of us, the ego part of us that wants to really have people love us and find value in us. And that is why it's so hard dealing with narcissists because you have to swallow that uncomfortable realization pill that you don't matter to them. Now, just remind yourself, you matter to you you matter to who created you, not your parents. You, re, you matter to other people in the world that love you and value you and care for you and you matter to you. You don't need to go down the path of the narcissist and put your value outside of you, right? So reel that in. Cut yourself free from the ties and, and release yourself. You don't have to be accepted by the narcissist. You don't have to be loved by them. It's a battle you will never win. It's a race that will never end. It is a song that will never stop. 
they literally don't have it in them a true person who has suffering from narcissistic personality disorder is not capable of love on the level that you need it and that you want it so when they do throw fits and fights they will do it and this is it and the irony is is that my mom would do the same thing in a way especially not so much when we were younger it's when we were older. I remember throwing a birthday party for my son and it was his first birthday and we were having it at the house. And my husband had left to go get, uh, fill the cooler up with ice. We had his whole family coming over. We had friends coming over and who's there helping me? I have two small children. One was two and the other one just turned one. They're 13 months apart. And at that time, my dad was still alive and uh, my sister and I were not talking because I was told that my sister refused to come to the birthday party, my son's birthday party. I even invited her to it. I was told through my mom and my dad that she refused to come and that her son was also not allowed to be there. And they were not going to be able to come on time because she was going to be getting out of work and she banned them from coming with her son. So they were going to come to my son's first birthday party late. And I, and they knew, this is now knowing this, they know how to bait me back then. They knew that by telling me that they were not going to be able to be here for my son's first birthday, and um, if they did, they were going to have to come pretty late because of my sister. Because of my sister. And they knew that that was my bait. So they baited me. And they told me this. So what did that do to me back then? I didn't know that I was being narcissistically, I didn't know I was being used for supply. So back then I got emotional. I was like, are you kidding me? You guys are gonna miss your grandson's first birthday because my sister refuses to allow you to bring my nephew until she gets out of work and she could just pick him up here? Cause I had invited her too. I spent a lot of my time extending olive branches to my sister and even the awakening that her and I had that was mutual was due to an olive branch I had put out to invite her to go grocery shopping with us. Had I not constantly and consistently tried to help my sister throughout the years and to be the better, quote, better person, um, we would I would never have known that I was being abused. So, I mean... It had its payoff. It just took a good 20 years to happen. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know, I definitely, there's, there is something to be said about extending the olive branch. There's something to be said about being the bigger person. Because in this way, it was like I, by being the bigger person, extending the olive branch, I, in essence, got a key to get out of my own prison that I wasn't aware that I was even in back then before I found out my mom was a narcissist and was doing this to us. So um, yes, uh, narcissists definitely, to answer this uh, person's question, narcissists definitely start crap because that's exactly what happened. I said, are you guys really saying you're gonna miss your grandson's birthday because my sister doesn't want you? Well, it's not us, it's her. 
So then they immediately did the triangulation. It's not them, it's her. They're just a victim of her. Don't I see that? And then they acted like their hands were tied, that they were in un, under 100% control of my evil sister, quote, evil sister, you know? So it was this weird, angry triangulation. So then they got mad at me for even showing that I was kind of irritated by the whole concept. And I was like, you know what? I don't need any of this drama. I'm trying to get this food cooked. They weren't helping me. No, I was trying to get all of this stuff done by the time of start of my, my um, son's birthday with no freaking help. My husband had to leave to go get stuff for the party. It was me and him. And then my parents come and instead of helping, what do they do? They throw a log on the fire and they start their feeding session. And long story short, it didn't end well, you know? It, they fired me up and wrecked my entire memory of my son's first birthday just by being complete a-holes to me and fighting with me over something that I literally had no control over, I did not ask for. And I, re I remember slipping, I was trying to cook, the floor was wet, I remember slipping and my foot went under my oven and ripped my big toenail off right in the middle of them fighting with me. And I'm just like, what kind of piece of crap parents do this, right? We're going to crappy parents come to their daughter's house and instead of helping them make this a joyous occasion, they literally start yelling at her and fighting with her and all because, and then they, then they wanted to act like they were the victims and of my sister, but yet they were there battling with me while I'm just simply in my own house trying to get a party ready. So yeah, narcissists don't care about you. They don't care if they're related to you. They don't care if they're married to you. They don't care if they work with you. They don't care if they gave birth to you. They don't care about you. It's all about feeding to them. They're parasites. They're ticks on the back of a dog. That's all they are. See them for what they are and move on. And yep, so yeah, narcissists definitely love to piss on your parade, for sure. All right, this has been episode 26 of I Was Hornswoggled, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. In each episode I record, I hope that it helps someone else who may be going through a similar situation or know someone who has or is. It can be incredibly discouraging just getting out there and sharing your experiences because so many of us are guilted into not sharing anything. And it's okay if you need to, to air the dirty deeds done by others. We should never feel shamed into silence. So if you have your own story that you would like to talk about, you can share an email at the for the show at iwashornswoggled at gmail.com or you can go to Twitter and uh, the show on Twitter is at hornswoggledpod. Okay, so I hope that this has helped in some way and I hope that you can keep your head on the swivel and learn the most you can about narcissists because I'm a firm believer in that we need to know what we're up against. And the best way to do that is to know your enemy. Know them inside and out so you don't fall victim to them again. Once was enough. Don't sign up for a second time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.